Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cube. Well, that was a different one. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I like saying that because there will be spoilers, so that covers my ass. Like, so very, very much underwear does in terms of people yelling at me for spoiling things. If this spoiler warning doesn't do it, I don't know what will. I could call every episode spoiler warning. I could change the name of the podcast to spoiler warning. I think that would be the only um, further step I could take, really. And I am not prepared to do that. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million credits. <laughs> oh, no, that is ridiculous. Be it credit or dollars, the only payment I actually ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes as that is what helps others find podcasts. Those things, primarily, I assume, the passing on of them, saying, hey, check this out, why don't you? So all of that said, we'll take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is the Shadowfall Clinic Assisted Suicide Kill Zone. Once again, today's sponsor is the Shadowfall Clinic Assisted Suicide Kill Zone. Oh boy, thank you for sponsoring this episode in which, hey, wait a second, we're talking about Kill Zone, colon, Shadowfall. What the hell is a Shadowfall? That is a blatantly, let's just have a second title within this title that means absolutely nothing. Something We need something post-colon. A post-colon title. Let's call it Shadowfall, because that sounds cool. Oh, boy. Uh, this is, as you can imagine, within the Kill Zone series of video games. I'm not sure if this would be Kill Zone 3? Uh, I don't really know, actually, to be 100% honest with you. I, I wish they did something like Kill Zone 3 colon Shadowfall, at the very least, so you would know where it is in the series. I think I've played every Killzone game. It was one of the very, very first games for PlayStation 3. And uh, I will say about the Killzone series as a whole that uh, the games are fun. Yeah, there's, there's no, I don't think, I don't think I've ever not had fun playing them. And uh, I think I've played them all to completion as well. Uh, so that's a good sign. What is not perhaps a good sign, is that after I've completed each game, I've never revisited it ever again and had no real desire to do so. 
So on that note, unprofessional, as I like to do from time to time, in fact, most times, give out my rating as soon as I remember to do so, rather than wait till the end, which potentially means I will forget if I try to do that. <sighs> I'm going to go three. Yeah, and a very, very solid three with potentially some uh, four moments even in it. So if you are unfamiliar with my rating system, threes are used for enjoyed while playing, reading, watching, what have you but probably would not do so again. And this is sort of a very, very good example of that situation. If you are unfamiliar with the series, they are uh, first-person shooters with a sort of sci-fi theme, which there's a Brazilian of those, and this is not the best, and it's uh, far from the worst. So, right in the, right in, right in the middle. <laughs> Which is not really, I suppose, where you want to be. But again, I, I want to stress the fact that I've never had a bad time playing these games. So, you know, mission accomplished, I suppose. I kind of, knowing the Shadow, the Shadowfall, knowing the Killzone series a little bit as I do, and knowing sci-fi video game first-person shooters as I really do, uh, I kind of didn't pay a great amount of attention to the story other than in sort of broad strokes. The broad strokes being kind of cool, actually, uh, kind of a, a different from what I'm used to. So that's the probably the only reason I paid any attention at all uh, was because the story was slightly different than what I'm used to, a little more in-depth. Uh, it comes in the form of you start as like a kid. And I can only think of one other game where that happened, and it was uh, Fallout 3, where you start as basically a little baby. Uh, this, I think, not quite a baby. You have the ability to walk and talk, but still a kid nonetheless. You are trying to escape a city from the dreaded Hellgast, which is like the bad guys within this series. The bad guys. Aliens, humanoid I don't really remember their backstory. A great amount tried to take over Earth. Uh, I guess they, they fail, I suppose. And now they're living on Earth as sort of uh, refugees because we destroyed their planet. Is that sort of the, the, again, the broad strokes? I have to stop momentarily, I have just noticed, to get some gasoline or a little hell gas. Ah, <laughs> uh, hell gas. Hell gas. Oh, man. What a, what a good day for me to need, need gas when I can have a pun involving Hellgast and Hellgas. Just worked out perfect. Loves it. Uh, that being said, I will edit out this portion of the program where I pump gasoline, or as they say here in Canada, go-go juice, and uh, be back in a moment. So, there. Editing. 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 On the road again. That was the Road Again Remix, is what that was. Goddamn, just shy, $49 in fact, of 50 bucks to fill up my car today. That is too much money. It's a, it's a hell gas amount. Oh boy, we should really let that horrible, horrible joke die or be killed zone. <laughs> Really on a good pun roll today. And say, okay, yes, uh, opening sequence was involving me as a child and uh, trying to escape from the city. 
eventually meet up with this dude who's, uh, I guess, an army-type dude. And he agrees to help me and my father out of the city. <laughs> uh, such a strong emotional attachment was blatantly, obviously, trying to be built between me and my father during this section that I knew, without a shadow fall of a doubt, <laughs> that uh, he was going to die. My father, that is. And he did. And even though I knew he was going to die, it was pretty shocking. Like, I was looking at him, and he was shot in the head. So that was pretty fucked up, I will, I will admit. So uh, from that point, we jump ahead eight years, and then it's me and this uh, this army dude, and he's apparently adopted me, I guess you would say, and is raising me to the army life. Then we jump ahead ten years from that, and again, further sort of interactions with us. Try, try to let you, the character, know that uh, he has raised you and has treated you like a son. And then fourteen years from that just sort of flashes of jumping ahead in time, so that uh, now you're an adult, and he's, uh, I guess, an old man. Not an old man, because, well, he is African-American, or African, not hell gas. He's a black guy, a black gentleman, and as they say, black don't crack, so uh, he didn't age very much in all this time. Got some different haircuts along the way. <laughs> kind of strange, I don't know. Yeah, I guess people are not going to have the same haircut throughout their entire lives, especially after all these years have passed. The year, actually, I should perhaps mention, is 2390. That's when the events of this game are taking place, in the year 2390. So, 2390 is a good choice, and I think this has come up in podcasts before, that quite often they don't go far enough ahead and the technology is just ridiculously advanced. Here, the entire... The technology is advanced enough that it's still cool, but not so crazily that you that you ever think, man, there's no way that would exist. Uh, I guess with the exception of spaceships. No, no, yeah, I could. Uh, the spaceships weren't crazily advanced or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, I, I think most of the tech involved in this are things that are believable that could happen within 300 years, that sort of idea. Okay, so now we're in the year 2390, and that is when the missions begin! Yeah! I guess I'm sort of uh, this guy's right-hand man. When when there's a mission that has to be done that's going to be tough and dangerous, he sends me in, which is not very nice for someone who's raised me from a young boy. Send me into all these dangerous missions. The missions are fun, and I think that's where this game shines the most, is that there's a actually quite a wide variety of scenarios as well as locales. Like, you're, you're everywhere from the forest to uh, abandoned cities that are sort of crumbling around you post-apocalyptically to space. <laughs> and spaceships and bases. And I guess towards the latter half of the game, it's more sort of bases of the bad guys, which kind of makes sense because that's what you're building towards is taking out the bad guys. But that raises an interesting question that I sort of have hinted at so far, and that is, uh, who is the bad guy in this? Hmm. Because I wasn't paying a 100% attention 100% of the time, uh, but I had heard of this from, my, I guess, reviews and, and such, that uh, this whole game sort of setting it up for the idea that perhaps the Hellgast are no longer the quote-unquote evil bad guys, and maybe it's us humans, specifically this guy who raised me, I suppose, in this case, who are in fact evil and want to wipe out genocidally, 
Yes, I'm, I'm using genocidally. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the remainder of the species, no matter what the cost, man, woman, and child. So you have to sort of choose between uh, siding with him, and then there's a, a girl as well. There's always a girl, right? Who's, I, I think I heard her referred to once as a half-breed uh, over the course of the story. I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that. So I, I think she's like part human, part Helgast, I assume. She kind of looks a little on the pale side, which the Helgast are quite pale. So she's with me for a lot of the game and sort of telling me what's what from, from the Hellgas point of view. So I have to kind of decide who I'm going to go with. Although, that is a great big question mark I have written here. Uh, do I ever actually have the decision of who to choose? Like, I, I don't really remember moments where I could decide, and this is a bit of a spoiler, where I could decide uh, to not go with the girl and go with my adopted father. I don't ever remember moments where it's like, yeah, okay, you know what, screw you, Hellgast girl. I'm going with the person who raised me and taught me everything I know. I, I don't ever remember moments like that. It was always you were sort of against him and against his crazy ideals, which makes sense from one point of view, that being you, the human being, were not actually raised by this guy, so you don't have his values instilled in you in actual, factual, your real brain. However... Uh, if you really get into the character and get into his brain and pretend you are him, I think it is much, much less likely that being raised by this guy, you would choose to go against him and uh, go specifically against the people who killed your father and who you had been taught to basically hate the, the whole time you were growing up. So, you know, two ways to look at it. The uh, controls in Killzone games are always good. This is no exception. Uh, they never feel onerous, and this even adds a new sort of dimension using the touch screen. Oh, which I should perhaps mention. Is this on the PlayStation 3? I don't know, actually. Needless to say, I uh, played it on the PlayStation 4, my second PlayStation 4 gaming experience, and much, 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 much better than the first, the first being Thief, if you didn't listen to that episode. Uh, yeah, using the touch screen to control your little flying robot thing. One thing I think they kind of dropped the ball on, but maybe it wouldn't have fit within the series, is to would be to have given this thing like a personality. Like it's just it's there to help you, and you come to rely on it and trust it and use it very very frequently. It's just this little flying robot drone thing that you can give sort of commands to. Uh, what, what I think they could have done is given it a personality, like uh, an AI or artificial intelligence, if you prefer. So what I'm picturing is sort of a uh, claptrap AI, uh, like claptrap from Borderlands. Give him a little uh, little comedy stylings, maybe explain it that he's got a glitch that makes him talk funny or some such. But no, doesn't talk at all, hmm. which I think is a missed opportunity. But maybe it wouldn't fit, because this game tries to be basically 100% serious 100% of the time which is maybe why I don't like it as much as, say, a Borderlands or Fallout series, which is my favorite, because they kind of instill some comedy throughout. Uh, and I think probably that's what this, miss this is missing. Also, very, very, and I think I even wrote this down, uh, Borderlands deficient in the sense that your guns are pretty boring. They're all just black guns that shoot bullets. <laughs> that's uh, that's your, your basically it. 
there, there's some differences, the amount of bullets and the spread and uh, sniper rifles, and they were all pretty boring and bland and things we've seen a million times. Like even in, uh, what's my most recent, Crisis, uh, even in that had a, a wider variety of weapons, especially when you got into the alien tech, which is, this kind of felt like a drop of all a little bit, as far as weapons and their interest in general. Speaking of guns, uh, one of the patented happens in just about every first-person shooter video game, uh, the, like, sniper mission, where you're stationary and have to snipe things. And I, uh, just because it happens in every game, <laughs> seemingly, it feels like I always do that in first-person games, not necessarily a bad thing if it's something like this that you like, which I, I always have a lot of fun with. I, I think it's because, and I don't brag of my video game prowess very often, because it's not very prowessful, but uh, I'm usually pretty good at those sniper missions for some reason. I, I don't know why that is. That one was kind of cool because uh, it was sort of the girl that I mentioned weaving her way through the bad guys and you had to protect her, which again is not an, an unusual way to do those sorts of missions. Which kind of brings up, uh, I, I guess, the, the main thought of this game and why it gets to three is because it has things like this that are usual to first-person sci-fi video games. It, it is all sort of across the board, for the most part, very, very usual. Done well, no doubts about it, but no real surprises. Other than the controlling of that robot and his sort of uses, uh, that's something I'd never done before and was just sort of incredibly seamless. He'd have four different commands you could use, and you would just swipe your thumb on the... Uh, the touchscreen pad on your controller, up, down, left, right, depending on what you wanted them wanted him to do. He could uh, put a shield up in front of you. He could uh, let you repel. He could uh, shock or stun enemies. Uh, you need that later for enemies with shields. Or he could just full flight go and go out and shoot enemies. He wasn't that powerful with his guns, but uh, I used it more as a distraction, which uh, sort of reminds me of another thing that this was kind of lacking. And this goes back to Borderlands and Fallout as well. Uh, no, I guess what you would call RPG-style elements. Like, I wanted to be able to upgrade this robot, like you would, say, your turrets in Borderlands, to make him more powerful in various ways, or upgrade yourself, or upgrade your guns, or, or anything like that would have been a nice addition. But uh, you can't have it all, folks. You can't have it all. What you can do is uh, complete this episode on the drive into work. Yay! We did it. We did it. That, I suppose, will leave one final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. 
Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.